1: Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Force. I'm your host, Cameron Lemon debro Wake Forest 13, Virginia Tech 30. This offense is broken, man. I, I, it's it's broken. I'm gonna go. I I don't really have the brain capacity, or you know, I don't think anyone really wants to go through play by play, drive by drive, at least on the podcast version, or even big plays, bad plays of what's happened. So I'm just going to go through position groups and then going to take a step back and go big picture. Quarter Quarterback. 27.4 and 20.2. That was the QBR for both of your quarterbacks that played in that game. Mr. Griffiths got pulled going into the second quarter. Reasoning given from that by Dave Clausen in the post game was quote unquote Going to the game, which was starter, he made a few plays that were just mental. It wasn't the pick. It was other plays where he just wasn't executing the offense. I just thought our football team needed a spark. I mean, I, at, at first when that happened, I was a little bit. I think a lot of people were a little bit shocked. It was actually, you know, I don't. It's not really a think. You you asked both Taylor Marin and Justice Allison in the post game about that. Taylor had a wide-eyed look and chose to not comment on it. Justice Ellison flat out went, yeah, I was surprised. I was wildly surprised. Um, so if you were at home and surprised about it, because, and Dave, like I said, Dave mentioned it wasn't the pick. And I would be stunned if Dave on Tuesday said that that pick was on Mitch. From, growing, from the first watch and like watching it live, and then going back and watching it a couple of times, Walker got just annihilated on that route. Not pi wise, like he just he got bullied off of his route by an older guy. It was the it was almost a carbon copy of what happened to Donovan Green at Clemson a couple of years ago, where it was just the, the corner ran the route for you. You know the quarterback probably doesn't need to stare that down, but your wide right receiver just can't get just destroyed like that. Um, and so that's why that was one where you're like, okay, like that wasn't on him. But when watching back, when watching it back, it, there was a couple of times where, even, and I think it's even the plays that were positive that were the ones that draw the ire of, uh, of Dave and Warren Ruggiero. Because that was some. there was something that if you remember back to, after Jamie Newman left. It came out. And I don't really know if it should have come out. But it came out from. Coach R. That. There was an issue of Jamie Newman. Calling his number too much. They did not. Necessarily care for. Jamie running as much as he did. And. Which feels weird. Given you have a 6 foot 4. To 15 battering ram. But. They did Not they they there are a lot of times they don't they don't want their quarterback to run which is really strange it i i i'm not really sure why i don't know i i i don't really know on that but just the way the offense is a lot of times if you see the quarterback calling their own number it's the wrong play in the system just a little peek behind the veil there or more of a reminder of what we've seen they want the quarterback to run from time to time, but calling your own number is something that they are. It's just not, it's not how the offense functions apparently. And we'll go from there. Michael Curran comes in. And so I, this was the, this was the thing that. The entire argument all year that I've had has been, I do not think it would matter what quarterback was back there. I do not think if it was a better quarterback back there, besides from Mitch Griffiths, that the offense runs any better. And we kind of saw that. And people have taken that as a, you know, it's defending Mitch Griffiths. Like you think he's the best option, this, this, and that. Michael Kern went out there and looks, looks so much better. He looks, he looked throwing wise, running, running the ball wise and decision wise. He did. He looked terrible. Um, which is we'll get there in a second but from him throwing the football you know and just you know hit he he hit some guys he gets some guys down the field he threw the best pass we've seen all year to taylor marin and it was a drop like that like that was a and someone tried to tell me it wasn't a drop that, that's a that's a, it was a drop pff has it as a drop Dave called it a drop that right after the game. He, not even a. I need to look at the film. He was like, "No, that was that's a drop. It was two palms on the ball that you got to catch that." That's what I've been trying to get at is, is Michael Kern comes into that game, and looks demonstrably better in the pa- in the passing game, in terms of accuracy. Didn't change anything didn't change a single thing about that game. It did not change a single thing about your offense. I think the number was 2 for 10 on third down when Michael Kern was in there. You got to the red zone what twice and you got a field goal and yeah, you got you got a field you got two field goals when you got to the red zone with Michael Kern. And again, that's not saying Michael Kern is bad. It's not saying he's an un- irredeemable quarterback. The point is, this there are so many things wrong with this offense right now. It has not mattered if you changed if you changed the quarterback variable and made it demonstrably better. Like on that throw to Taylor, you made that demonstrably better. It didn't matter because the other parts of the offense still aren't doing well. I made a joke about it on Twitter. Not really a joke, but when Kern got strip sacked, I was like, yeah, that's going to affect QBR. Was completely not on him. Damon Claiborne got absolutely bullied on pass protection. And it was the same sort of fumble we saw earlier in the year where a running back gets blown up in pass protection. It was usually Damon Claiborne. A running back gets blown up in pass protection and the quarterback's arm gets caught in their throwing motion. And people kept trying to make it seem like it was an issue of throwing motions or you know, not a quick release or height or all this different crap. When in reality it's Everything around the quarterback has been bad now that's not saying the quarterback has been good it, the quarterbacks and even Kern was not good in this game. Kern looked better and had some good throws. His decisions in the run in the run game were just were awful. they were terrible. He has Wesley Grimes for a touchdown and just wildly overthrows him. He has Taylor Morin for a solid you know. I think it probably ends up being like a 25, 30-yard game that he just wildly underthrows, and it's almost picked off. He hit a guy in the chest. He looked better, but he, he still wasn't good at all. And, you know, a lot of it was the fact that the people around him looked awful. You had Jamal Banks dropping the ball. You got Taylor Renn dropping the ball. You've got Matt Goldman just getting people just annihilated. The running backs weren't all that good in pass protection. That's that has been the entire argument. You seemingly made the quarterback position look better. Well, like you seem to make the the quarterback variable better with Michael Kern because he looked better throwing the football. You still went out there and you scored six points on offense with him. You scored six. You went two for ten on third down with them because I mean, that's it's you know, we got to take out the ones where Mitch was in the game. You went two for ten on third down with him. I think you went zero for one. You went zero for one on fourth down, where you couldn't get a QB sneak. You you shit the bed in the red zone, and yeah, I'm trying to make this as PG thirteen as possible. But I mean, shit the bed in the red zone again. That's what that's what that's been the entire argument has been. You you have if you can note you cannot, especially in this offense, but in, in most football, you cannot boil it down to just a quarterback position especially when you see that the offense right now is just at a whole as a whole just awful it, it 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 makes everyone look bad it 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 does you can sit here and have some of the best passes of your life and they show up as incompletions because <laughs> the rest of the offense sucks you can sit here and be reading the field well and going through your progressions and it doesn't matter because you Because, you know, your right guard or your left guard or your running back is sitting here giving up a pressure. That's why I hate it the whole time to throw thing, because it's not so much two seconds and the ball comes out. It's sometimes these plays need four to five seconds. And that's a whole different thing we'll get to later. Sometimes these plays need four to five seconds and you're not getting that. And so while he's trying to, you know, he's at that 3.5 and he's throwing the ball. And he's getting his arm hit because the protection didn't hold up. You know, that looks like it's on the quarterback, and QBR will say that's on the quarterback. Like, both of the, both of the strip sacks Michael Curran took yesterday, excuse me, on, on Saturday, I'm recording this really early in the morning on Monday, but both of the strip sacks Michael Curran took weren't, were not on him. They were literally not. They were just not on him. They were protection issues breaking down. The same story we've heard, we've seen, now five people minus Clemson, because I don't know what the hell happened there. That four out of the five games, protection issues have been an issue. And it reared its ugly hit there. they the one of the big problems right now, though, is the fact that Michael Kern went down in this game. I'm going to preface this with I am not a doctor. I am someone who has dislocated their shoulder before. That looked exactly like that. I thought it would maybe look just like a shoulder. At first, I thought it was maybe a shoulder, maybe a collarbone. Go back and rewatch it, and the way he falls down on it, that looks like a that looks like a, a dislocation. Then when he turns over and he grabs immediately for his shoulder, that looks like a that looks like a dislocated shoulder. When he gets up and his arms kind of hanging like it's in a sling, I. I wouldn't be shocked if Michael Kern doesn't play it for a few games because he has dislocated or the rest of the season because he is dislocated shorter. I'm not a doctor, but it's looking like a duck, walking like a duck, and quacking like a duck right now of that. And so and if that happens, I Mitch Griffiths will be the starter against Pitt. You know, fingers crossed that Michael Kern's okay because if Michael Kern is healthy, I think you have to start him. I don't think there's I, I don't think there's a way to round it, especially if you're gonna pull someone not for not for throwing a pick, but because of you know, you're not they're not running the offense the way you want them to run it, then I don't think there's a way you go back from that. If it's pure, you know, performance, this dude's throwing four picks, whatever, you can sit him down for a second and be fine. But if you're sitting him because you think he's doing too much and if he's just trying to do too much, not running the offense the way you want the offense to be run, then there's not a way you can go back. In turn, there's not a way you can go back without injury, because that's you sending a message to him saying, "Hey, the way we want this to be run right now is not the way that you're trying to run this offense," and that that you don't you don't come back from that unless you, you don't revert back from that unless there is an injury, just mentally wise. So, I mean, I hope Michael's okay. Um, wouldn't be shocked to see Mitch being the starter on Saturday. The running game was... I understood it and I didn't. Virginia Tech said that they just weren't going to let Wake run the ball on them. And and it, basically all the issues I think are, are... I think a lot of people want to put all the issues on the quarterback. I think a lot of the issues just stem from the offensive line, if we're being real right now. But... Your running backs went 15 carries for 47 yards. If you take out the sacks, then I include the quarterbacks, 21 carries for 83 yards. I know the, the snap thing to say is Virginia Tech has been given has given up, you know, they're 127th in run defense coming into this game. How could you not run? Yada 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 yada. Okay, schematics. Schematics here. I did a whole film room on this. Virginia Tech has always been good running between the tackles. They've always, always, always been like this year. They have been very, very good at if people try to play bully ball. If people, you know, just try to run some inside zone, they've been really, really good at that because it doesn't get to where you hurt them. Their front is has always been good. The linebackers are always good coming downhill. And the problem has been their front gets too aggressive. When, excuse me, when you go sideways, and when you make their linebackers think then it ends up being a problem because then they start just not being able to fill run gaps well we'll get to this in play calling but that's why you saw a lot of actual slow mesh when the first few game, few drives of the game and i thought they got a little i thought warren got a little pass happy and tried to he wanted to keep backing them up but they weren't they just weren't gonna bite so I saw there's definitely been some consternation on the internet because of DeMond having three carries. I'm going to put this as delicately as possible. DeMond didn't deserve more than three carries in that game. I, 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 I mean, maybe five, six, whatever. He didn't deserve 20 carries in that game because the way Virginia Tech played you, they were making this a throw game for Wake Forest. If you're making it a throw game for Wake Forest, you cannot have as bad of a pass blocker as DeMond in there. It's just as simple as that. DeMond got 15 snaps. You know why? Because they felt like they had to throw the ball that many times. I think they threw the ball almost 40 times in this game. That That's why you saw only three carries and people were like, oh, he's going to go to the portal. I mean, at a certain point, I don't, I don't think DeMond gets to the portal, but it's you're at an impasse right now with him in terms of either he needs to be better at pass protection or the offense needs to be reworked. I don't necessarily know if you rework your entire offense for a running back, to be bluntly honest, like this, unless you're Derek Henry, I don't think you rework your entire offense to function around somebody. That's a running back, but I will, there are, there do needs to be some tweaks and that when I get to the coaching there, but I do think there needs to be some tweaks to, put people in different situations because right now it it's not working but that's why you saw three carries for Demond was they felt like they needed to they felt like they needed to pass the ball because vt was just putting seven and eight in the box all game and then also when Demond had the ball he was hitting holes wrong like he was like he like he there were times that you there like there were times that he needed to kind of slow down let the play develop and then cut back and he tried to keep just go full speed ahead, and it's like that's not what we needed for you right now. We don't, we didn't need you. We don't need you to do that. One of the reasons when Justice had a couple of his bigger runs was because Justice was patient and let things develop in the way they should have. That's what Demond has to do now. In terms of, instead of being like, oh, I'm going to run fast, hit a wall, and then try to break my way out of it. The difference between like him and say KW three was Kenny was a, was a lot more patient. Right now, it feels like Demond's trying to do too much. That's gotta that's got, to, that's got to slow down from him. He's got all he's got all the talent in the world. It's gotta slow down for him. I I mean, it's this will be year two in a row that you just have not been able to run football. And I think a lot of it stems from the offensive line. And I'll go I'll I'll say protection. Uh, actually, you know what, before I get to the offensive line, I'll start with the tight ends. I mean you're you're getting nothing out of them. You're getting you're getting nothing. Cam Height hasn't been a good blocker. He hasn't been a good blocker and he hasn't been a good enough receiver to get off of blocks. So that way he's an open man. Michael Froge, you know, I, I don't want to be hard on him because this is now this is his second game. And, you know, like that, it it's hard. Like he he's he's while he has been here for a while, he has 18 snaps. Uh, actually, let me. Uh, I, I think the number is yeah. He has 18 total snaps in yeah you know, since he's gotten here because he's been injured for so long. And you know, he had 16 in 2021. So seven came in week one. Nine came in week two. This dude has not played competitive football since September 2021. So, you know, he's working his way back in. You don't have your number two in Gavin and Gavin Ellis. He's your number three right now. You're expecting him not to be good. But I mean, he had what two he had two penalties for false starts. And then was just bad when it was meh when it came to blocking. I mean, you can't, what what are you supposed to do with that? Like, if you guys can't, if you guys can't be receiving tight ends and you guys can't be good blockers and you can't be this and like, again, you guys need to, are, are getting more reps to become better players, but there are too many, I think the tight end position kind of sums it up well. There are too many players on offense right now that are trying, that are actively trying to become better players. There are too many. There are too many spots where, you're going, where you can say, "Yeah, you know, he's young, but he's trying to make he's he's trying to become a better player." There are too many spots on the offense where that's happening. I get, you know, developmental program. This hat, like it's like, developmental cycles are real. They're very, very, very real. that's happened to Wisconsin. It's happened happening to Baylor right now. It's a very, very real thing. That being said. You know, it's it's really hard, hard pill to swallow when you're like, it, it it's hard to it's hard pill to swallow when it's happening. I should I will say, it's very hard at that moment. You're you're getting you're just getting nothing out of the tight ends right now, and you know, I I I don't really know how you fix that without one a portal to, to just got the coach, the coaching I have long had some issues with the coaching at that position, special teams, because I don't, I've just, it's felt since cam, the personnel and the usage hasn't matched each other. It's like afterwards, they still had a really good offensive line and you felt like sometimes you needed some receiving and, You know, you had a Jack Fruenthal, who I thought was a better blocker than he was receiver. And then you got Brandon Chapman in the reverse, who was was the same, was like also like a better blocker than receiver. Then you had a guy like Blake Whitehart, who is probably your best of both worlds in that sense. And, you know, you didn't really get targets to him. He was always in line as a blocker, partially because I don't know, do you think you, you couldn't hold up without him blocking Personnel just hasn't, and this year you have two, you have two to three guys if you can, if you count Gavin Ellis, that are better receivers than they are blockers, and you know you're with how you're struggling on the offensive line. This is a time you really could have like used a Brandon Chapman or used a, you know, a Blake. I mean, you obviously could have used Blake Whitehart if he was strong as hell. You could have used a Jack Friedenball. You could use like someone that's like a better blocker than they are a receiver. Because right now, you're sitting here trying to mix and match protections, and you can't do it because you know you're getting beat on the offensive line. You're getting beat at tight end. You're getting beat at running back. You can't you can't bring five. You you can't block five. You can't block six. You can't block seven. There's some three man. There's some three to four man rushes here that they're just getting beat on. Like that, everyone's getting beat on it. we kind of transition over to the offensive line. Like, it, it, this was, this was their worst game by far. This was their worst game. Every single offensive lineman gave up a pressure, you know, that happens, whatever. Three out of five gave up a sack. Ellison and Claiborne also gave up sacks, too. The issue with Ellison and Claiborne giving up sacks is, when those sacks are the ones that happen they're not you don't expect them to be perfect they you know they're they're going to make mistakes you re- you want them to be perfect but you know some things are going to happen when the right backs are the ones giving up the sacks it's all, it's it's pretty much always a strip sack it's pretty much always the ball is going to come out because of the timing of that the timing of those plays is usually when the when the quarterback is probably about to throw the football if you if it, if those guys don't hold up right there then it's going to end up usually in, in a turnover at the very least the ball probably comes out the offensive line doing it gets you to the point of okay we can in the past you were able to you were able to get out of it you you took a sack took a you got behind the sticks whatever you were able to you know make an explosive play and you know get out of it you're not able to hit explosive plays this year you 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 don't have the time to hit explosives you don't have the time to sit here and you know let something 15 16 yards down the field develop you truthfully like every like i i truthfully don't know when the last time they've hit a shot play i i, I cannot think of the last time they've had a shot play and you know part of that's on the wide receivers part of that's on the quarterbacks part of that's on the offensive line part of that's on the play calling it's all everyone's intertwined here but yeah you know, i i truthfully cannot remember the last time there was a shot play hit they had a chance to do it with the wesley grimes throw away from michael kern who was underthrown, but and they had a chance to do it in clemson take carney gets pushed into the, to the quarterback and so instead of you getting getting a guy downfield you don't have it they they don't have that shot play right now to back people up that's probably the biggest issue right now is and like i said it's it's partially quarterback it's partially the protection it's partially the receivers not making plays we have not got the receivers just yet and i got a word for them they they aren't calling it because people are. I mean, they're not calling it partially because people are blitzing them twenty four seven. They're not calling it partially because they don't trust in their receivers to make that play. To be quite honest, it, we ha- you ha- you don't have that shot play that you've had the last six seven years, and that that's hurting this team a lot. Not being able to have that play hurts. I mean, you look at the wide receivers. I mean, we're gonna start with. Bad really quickly, well, all of it's bad. But the bad of bad, you know. I hope Walker Merrill's okay. You know, if he went down on that interception, per PFF, he only played those six snaps. Did not see the field afterwards. I don't know if that was because the injury was that bad, or that because they just decided they couldn't play him. I'm not really sure. I hope he's okay because he was down for a little bit. Wesley Grimes came up a little lame late in the game yeah how much of that was precautionary how much of that was him actually being hurt he didn't he wasn't down or anything i it was it was was on the last drive his foot got kind of stuck in the turf while someone tried to make a tackle he got up and like had to pull himself out because he was like i can i don't think i can walk i can run right now he could walk but he don't think he could run at full speed so he brought in horatio fields Keyshawn Williams went down. I couldn't really pick up where it was. You know, I had someone pass over to me that it, you know, it looked like it there was a certain time that it looked like his ankle got rolled up on. <sighs> I mean, if two of those if two of those guys are down, you're doing you're you're up right now. I mean I I, I think you gotta burn if if key's out, you gotta burn Deuce's redshirt. You just gotta just gotta do it. I, I yeah, yeah. <sighs> one of the bigger issues I have with the wide receivers is the blocking on the outside it's the perimeter blocking and I, I think you missed Donovan here definitely but I know a lot of people were have been asking you know why isn't Wake running more you know quick screens and this and that you saw it you saw exactly why so it was, I think it was on the, like the second drive where or the, it might be on the first drive where I try to get Keyshawn for a quick, a quick screen and it goes for like negative four yards. And you look and see who's blocking out there. It's Taylor Moran. Again, an experienced guy, not blocking all that well on the screen. So, you know what? Fine. What the fan base wants is. You know, if, if someone else isn't doing well, pull them out. Let's, let's, let's do something else here. Let's pull, let's put someone else so that can maybe do their job. They run it a couple drives later. Walker Merrill, same, same thing. Quick screen instead of, you know, now it's Walker Merrill blocking for Keyshawn and same thing. Walker doesn't really get a good block on the guy. Negative yards. That's, that's the issue about the entire team right now is. And I know people had got a little up in arms about the Dave causing code of, you know, if we had better players we'd be playing them and you know it's not so much that your roster stinks it's it, it your your best guys right now aren't aren't making plays if you look back from even 2016 but 2017 to 2022 there's at least 3 to 4 guys across like on every single team that if you were if i asked you hey you know who who do you trust to go make a play for you right now you know it's third it's third and 10 39 who do you trust to go make a play for you right now you could you could ask that of those years and get a pretty have some different answers and it's like oh yeah cool. i got three to four guys this one i don't think there's a single person on the team you you could sit here and do it I, they have no confidence and part of it's because some of them been bad i mean I look at the running backs and while I want to give justice and Demon more, more carries, I can't sit here and run the ball too well because I can't trust my right tackle since Spencer Clapp is hurt. And, you know, he played 30 snaps and just did not look great because he's sitting here on a bum ankle. I'm sitting here trying to play, you know, a right tackle. That's that's young. And I can't do anything but run inside zone which is what I can't do against Virginia Tech. Like that's something they're good at. I can't run any tackle wrap. I can't run counter. I can't run outside zone because I'm afraid of certain people moving laterally and it just blowing up the entire play. I can't run a shot play down the field because I can't trust either my quarterback to get it there or I can't trust a Jamal Banks right now or Wesley Grime right now or Taylor Marin right now to catch the shot. I can't trust that. I also can't sit here and trust that I can get four seconds for that shot play to develop because my offensive line has been so inconsistent. That's, that's tough. That's so tough. Like you already have people, you're already trying to get people to learn on the job. And now you don't seemingly have an alpha across the board. And it's not because of talent at all. People just have no confidence right now. I, Jamal Banks has no confidence right now. Justice Ellison has no confidence right now. Neither of the quarterbacks have confidence right now. The offensive line does not have confidence right now. That's that's tough. It's it. There's no single point of fault. It is an all around bad operation. You can't sit here and eat the middle of the field up because the linebackers don't respect you to run the ball. And they also don't respect you to throw the ball to the out, like deep on the outsides. So they can just stay, they can just sit in the middle of the field. Like I, 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 but I, I do think it's the shot play that's hurting this team so much more. You can't, you don't have people running. Can't even have people win on 15 yard comebacks. If you cannot take the shot play that has backed up so many people over the last 6 years, this offense cannot run. And that's that's tough. And I don't know how you fix that in game 7 or game 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I don't know how you fix that. That is it it's it's confidence, it's confidence, execution, it's play con. The offense I, Play calling and, and coaching I'll put together. Something's not clicking here. Something is just not clicking in terms of the coaching and not so much just from a people are progressing standpoint. That's the, the whole other thing. From a what happened between fall camp and game one. What's happening between practices and the games. There is st- there is a disconnect here that is happening that I don't know what's going on with. You have guys performing extremely well in fall camp and in practices, but can't sit here and do it when the lights come on. Are you not replicating? The, are you not replicating stuff well enough in scout team? Do you not have the players for that? Are people just are as everyone just practice players? Like what's like what's going on? Like are, am I sitting here watching eleven practice players? like 11 people that you can do nothing but perform in practice that that seems highly unlikely that seems extremely unlikely so what's the so what's going on here Dave Gawson has been coaching longer than I have been alive I've been alive almost 28 years so turn 28 in two weeks I I thought it I, I thought it was interesting especially and I want I definitely want the fan fan base and people to like read and listen that when he's like when someone asks how do you go about fixing an offense badly broken and quote-unquote anytime I've been in, in this position of struggling the answer is always do less not more what are we doing well and you try to build on that it's hard to say it's hard to say there's a lot of that not a lot we're struggling we haven't struggled like this since probably 2015 you know I that's the part where I don't necessarily know what to fix and I'm honestly genuinely, like, I don't know if the coaches know know how to fix this. Not from the fact that they're not good at their jobs, but he says it here, and this is something that you pick this up when you start learning football. When stuff goes wrong, when people aren't able to execute, you condense the rotation. I condense, I'm not able, I'm saying, okay, cool. You know, Walker Merrill and Wesley Grimes aren't able to, This. this is what happened last year. Like I'll, I'll put in last year's chart, you know, Wesley Grimes isn't really able to perform at the level, especially as a freshman. That's fine. And, you know, you're down Horatio Fields and you're down all these guys. You know, Jackson Hensley can't necessarily perform at the level we want him to. We condense the rotation to when Jamal Banks and Donovan Green go down, we condense the rotation to AZ Perry, Keyshawn Williams, and Taylor Morin. Those are the guys that are actually performing well for us. We condense it there. Same thing at tight end. It's, you know, you know, if Cam Height isn't really doing it for us, Jaeger Bull was not really doing it for us, we'll just condense it to see how many snaps we can hold on for dear life with with Blake Whitehart. Running back, if you know, Quinn Cooley can't hold on to pass protection or Damon Claymore can't hold on pass protection or can't hold on to the football. We'll condense it to we'll condense it to Justice Ellison and Christian Turner. Same thing on defense. That's how that that's how that goes. You condense the you condense it to the guys that are able to run. plays but right now you're not running anything well you can't run certain things well because of deficiencies on the team and your best players aren't playing well i don't know how you fix that i thought this team would be like a seven win about a seven win team Uh, that's, that's where i thought they were they would be Seven, eight wins, depending on if you got a couple breaks your way. I I don't think anyone has, has would see this coming of like I think you could have thought that this would be a bridge year, and I thought this would definitely be somewhat of a bridge year. I don't think you could sit here and tell anyone with a straight face you thought Justice Ellison would, you know, take a step back in the past blocking department. I don't think you could tell any tell anyone with a straight face Taylor Morin and Jamal Banks would take a step back. I don't think you really telling any face that you know, Michael Jurgens and Devo have like some up and down games. Though, like that's 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 hurting you right now, and yeah, I don't know how you fix necessarily that play calling. I, I thought I like the more I think about it, the more I think Clemson just had a had a crappy game plan against Wake Forest on defense of just not blitzing the hell out of out of Wake. I'm really interested to see, you know, if people think they have the corners to hold up on the outside and that's something that, you know, ODU didn't think they had and Vanderbilt didn't think they had, Elon didn't think they had. And you know, I honestly think Clemson at a certain point didn't doesn't think they have. If you if you don't think you have the corners to hold up, then, you know, I think Wake does what they did against Clemson a bit where they just, you know, it's just really quick passes, really quick runs. You just get the ball out. But if you're, I mean, I, I've, I've always thought that Virginia Tech has that has solid corners. If you think you have the corners to hold up on the outside, you can just sit here and blitz all day. And I don't know if Wake has any answer for this right now. And it's not so much just a slow mesh or this or that. It's a, people just aren't holding up. People people just aren't holding up. That's the execution part of it. People like, at a certain point, people have to grow up and actually execute well and they're not doing it. Your best players aren't executing well. Like, the offense looks like it's built for pieces that they don't have. It, it they don't have a shot player right now. They don't have a way to run outside zone consistently until Spencer Clapp is healthy. You know, you're sitting here running with Matt Golden, who, you know, looked fine in camp but just has not done well and the lights have come on. you got a right tackle issue right now, and, that, and that's hurting you. you put, you're putting Devo at left tackle, which isn't his preferred position, and he's been fine for the most part, but you like his athleticism at right tackles, but then you can start running some outside zone and start running, running some different stuff. You can't do that right now. just can't do it. And everyone just doesn't – no one has confidence. There's not a single person on that team you can tell me has confidence right now. Not a single person. So, I mean, the the the, the job of the coach right now is – How do you get them to not hit the keyword? The keyword is the word that, you know, coaches do not like that word ever put out in the atmosphere. I'm going to sit here and respect the coaching community on that one. That's your question right now is how do you get them not to hit that keyword? You know, I don't think they did against Virginia Tech. I, I don't think they sat here and, and gave up at all. What do they look like on Saturday? It, you, know, you opened up as a two point favorite against two point favorite some places, uh, one and a half at other places. When I checked earlier this morning, I'm recording this at about 5 a.m. When I checked earlier this morning, it was a you were a one point one point favorite. And I think it probably ends up sticking around there unless there's something else that comes out. Oh, no, I'm I'm sorry. You're back up to a two point favorite. So, you know. How do you get them to not give up? How do you get them not hit the keyword word? They they cannot hit that cue. I mean, did he and I'll I didn't, I didn't really spend a lot of time talking about defense on this podcast. Uh I mean defense they got a little less pressure than I thought they were, would be, but that's just kind of how that Virginia Tech offense works is, you know, they, they create a lot of missed tackles and they'll get little yardage. The explosive, the the one play 75 yard drive was the one that, that hurt it was, you know, the explosives have hurt Wake Forest this year. They've all, they've given up one every like, every, like every game minus Clemson. That was the one place you just couldn't have the explosive. And so it sucks, but I mean, they, they did enough to keep you in that game. If you have a halfway, not broken offense, a halfway competent offense that scores 14 in that first half or that first quarter, this game's over. So. I, I don't know what the answer is. You know, I, people have talked about, you know, the, changing up the, the coaches. Like I said, I, I definitely, I've have been someone that, you know, if you, if I saw a reassignment, because I, I don't, I think the tight end slash special teams coach, he's very loved in terms of recruiting, this is someone, If the, the, the recruiting there feels a step behind. It always has felt a step behind. It's felt like when it's ha- when it's happened, it's felt like, okay, this is what's wrong with us right now. So I'm going to recruit for that. But tight ends need like a couple of years to develop anyway, because a lot of tight ends just aren't tight ends in, in high school. They're usually safeties and wide receivers that are just more athletic than you and bigger than you. And you got to figure out how they grow into it. It's felt like they thought they needed more protection on the offensive line, and then so they recruited more guys like that. But then the offensive line blocking was good, and so you, it's great you have an extra blocker, but you have one less weapon. And then they thought, okay, now our offensive line is holding up well. Now we can have some, you know, better receiving options, and now you need blockers. And so it it just hasn't felt like the personnel there was ma- there has matched. That. And I think it's just they're recruiting like a year behind what they needed to do. offensively. I mean, I think tobacco is fine. I mean, he, you look at who's put people in the in the NFL. It's been been Nick to Tobacco. It's been some misses there. I think it's just been I think it's a misses at tackle, which is where everyone misses right now. The last couple of years across the board have not been good at tackle nationally. Or take everyone's taken on a lot of projects, even at the top guys, there are some guys there that are just some absolute projects that are four and five stars. Um, offensive line, just, it just hard to recruit. It's, it's, it's the hardest. It's the second hardest beside, I think you put quarterback and tackle are your two hardest positions to recruit and develop because they're, they're probably the two most important positions on the field. You can't really replicate quarterback, what quarterbacks go through minus games and tackles guys that moved around all the time, you know, moving backwards. is a hard skill. You know, even if they're dominant at the high school level, now they're going up against way different aliens. Now doing all that, it's, it's hard. It is a tackle is so hard to figure out. That's why you look at the portal and every time someone's a halfway decent tackle, at, and by halfway decent, I mean, they just don't false start. And Alabama and Georgia and Clemson are out here. And Michigan are like, yeah, let's let's bring them in because it's just that hard to find them. So I think tobacco is fine. I think you need. I I mean, obviously, I think that's the place where you got to see if there's something in the portal. Just it, just it for deaf at this point. Not so much. I don't know if you'll be able to find a starter in the portal, deaf, right? because I'm looking at the offensive line right now. Moving forward, and if if Devo tries for the NFL, you lose Spencer Clapp, obviously, but if Devo tries for the NFL, I mean, Eric Russell actually looked better in path protection on Saturday. I will give him that. He looked a lot better in path protection, except the one play he got hurt on, and then that just went to shit. Then the one play he gets hurt on just loses a block, and it nightmare fuel. Don't know, I don't, Zach Vaughn just didn't look good when he was out there. At this point, T.J. Almanus, like, I think he's a better guard than he is a tackle. I don't, I don't see him as a tackle at this point. I don't. Jadon Collins, you're on year, what, three at this point? I know 2020 was a weird year. I don't really call it a development year, but next year is kind of a, either you do or you don't for him. And then you've got three yeah, Daryl Johnson Johnson's kind of a swing guy. George D and, and Uber Jango are, you know, have pretty high ceilings, but they're true freshmen and putting on a true freshman tackle is a disa- it is recipe for a disaster. So I mean, I think you need to figure out I think you need to figure out death here. I think you need to figure out death. I, I the one thing I have a question for, and it's more so for Russiro is i understand the offense is the offense i understand that you know and uh, again there are a lot of times that guys are schemed open like i'm sitting here watching a third a, it was a second down watching a second down where you know mitch hits my hits wesley grimes like in the hands and then brings it in his chest and the ball just falls down there's there's no excuse for a drop like that guys are open like a lot of times they're getting guys open and it's either a misthrow or drop and i go you know that's fine but i wonder how and i want to call it stubborn but i wonder how much of it being kind of a rigid being so rigid of saying this is what we're we are going to do. This like it is like that there's not been much budging in terms of that. Like again, like the rollouts. I even I said it with Mitch, and now you see it with Michael Kern. Them rolling out has been like the best play they run 24-7, and they run it once, they run it once a game. They run it literally once a game. Is that because of tackle pressure? I'm not necessarily sure. That's the first thing that comes to mind is. You don't trust your tackles to hold up here, but it's, it's baffling to me seeing certain things work every single time they do it. The, the, the Connor calls up the Chakori in play the third down play they ran against ODU where it's a natural pick play, a, a slot receiver runs out. They just don't run that anymore. Like I don't, I don't understand this. Like it, it feels like they just get away from the things that work so well from them constantly, and that's bother. Like again, you can't spam those two specific plays. You can't, you can't do that. You got to make the plays when you know guys are open. Can't have drops, et cetera, et cetera. But we're sitting here, like on, you know, on third and one. You're down multiple linemen, and you're sitting here trying to run out of the pistol or the wing T and you know, you get stopped because you don't have a push up front, but you have a built-in free play that you just don't run ever. And you have, you have a few of them and you just never run them. And I'm just, it it confuses it's, it's confusing to me. So I mean, you, we get, we, we get to pit. I mean, I said, VT is a must win game and you, you gotta, you gotta win this game. Your two point favorite at home, I understand Pitt just beat louisville uh I did in fact bet Pitt because it was a it was the clearest wouldn't this be hilarious spot I have ever seen in my entire life of a pit coming off of a quarterback change with the hilarious base and you know the team that pit team also just did not look good at the game uh, Pitt did not look good at all in that game Jack Plummer throwing a pick 6 is definitely part of that but offensively they looked they they just did not look good it was the fact that Louisville Louisville's offense has not been good really all year and it was eventually gonna catch up to them and you know the defense finally the defense finally had a game where they didn't become the best player team on, they weren't the best unit on the field i think you saw that from Louisville Against NC State, Notre Dame, you know, Boston College, Indiana, especially, but there's probably two or three games this year where the defense was the best unit on the field out of all, out of any of the units on both se- on both teams, and you kind of got away with that. And against Pitt, the defense finally just kind of broke, and your offense, you know, you had a missed field goal, you had a pick six, you had you had three straight turnovers on downs in the game. Yeah, I think he threw I think I'm pretty sure Plummer threw another pick right after the pick six when they were driving down the field. Um yeah, like a, it's one of those things of that offense wasn't good. And you know, while Pitt's defense has not been good all gear, you know, Pitt playing at home is always a fun atmosphere to go into. So thank y'all for watch for listening or watching, depending on who you are. And as always, good eeks. <laughs>